Hello, welcome to The Tell, thetell.substack.com, where we talk about all manner of persuasion and influence and brainwashing. The beginning of this documentary that people are complaining about called Alex's War starts out with syrupy violins, but a video of protests in Washington, D.C. The entire documentary flashes forward and back, highlighting the evolution of Alex Jones. It's, it's interesting. The cameras follow Alex Jones as he walked in the streets of Washington and showed up all of the boarded up buildings because people or business owners or corporations were afraid that the glass front windows would get smashed. But there's no mention how the same thing was done during the Black Lives Matter protest. That's what they were doing. As my husband pointed out, this Christine, they're setting things on fire. They're storming police stations. That's a lot of anger. We had been, as a country, going through innocent people being gunned down by the police. And this is everybody. This is all colors. This is happening, too, in America. And if you looked at the Black Lives Matter protesters, half of them were white. These sorts of things are happening to white people, too. But Alex Jones is storming through the streets of Washington, surveying the transformation our nation's capital has gone through because of Black Lives Matter. So when we're talking Alex's war, that's, that's what sets the tone for that uh <laughs> for for the whole documentary now i got to tell you one thing i really enjoyed not enjoyed appreciated one of the things i really appreciated about alex's war is there was no editorializing nobody was in the background with an ominous voice telling you like uh, one of those PBS documentaries. Not that I don't appreciate when they they do that on Frontline or or uh, the Forensic Files. They also do that. It was a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Little did Mister Rogers know what was hiding in his garbage can. So there's none of that here. There are just video outtakes, interviews, and you can make up your own mind. And I have to say there's something appealing about that. But the overall process really does gloss over the incredible pain that his, his program caused. I lost my husband a year and a half ago. And I can't imagine what it would have been like to have, I mean, hundreds or even a dozen people harassing me about how he was a crisis actor and wasn't really dead. Not to mention if it was your own child. So 
Alex Jones, and in this documentary, he talks about he regrets that. But I just don't think that's plausible. Because he had to know how many people were watching his show as a source of information. He he had to know. Because part of having a broadcast or an online business, a podcast, a show, is keeping really good statistics on who's watching. You can't just say, oh, I had no idea that I was this influential. And that seems to be the whole theme of this uh, documentary is, I had no idea, said Alex Jones, that I was being taken this seriously. It just is not credible. Particularly in light of the public announcements of the grieving parents, the primetime television interviews talking about the pain this is causing them, Alex Jones himself being a parent, he had to know what kind of of pain this would be causing. And to say, okay, and I'm going to throw this in there. I saw some of the producer testimony from a producer who worked on the Alex Jones InfoWars show and how he threw questions up there and commentary and opinions without even doing a cursory look as to whether or not it was accurate or even plausible. So yeah, I'm saying the word plausible a lot. And I think the whole Alex Jones question turns on whether or not this is plausible. Is it plausible to believe you have no idea how many people are watching your show? Is that plausible? Is it plausible to believe that you have no idea how your viewers are reacting? How your viewers are confronting grieving parents? I just find that not to be plausible. Is it plausible that you run a media company and you don't even think to look at the plausibility of something somebody sent you on the internet. That's just not plausible. So I think the whole the whole quest the whole question of Alex Jones is one of plausibility. I just don't believe his his defense in the Sandy Hook matter. Now there's all classic Alex Jones. Okay, let me play you a classic Alex Jones um, clip. We're going to take a look at this as like an example, and it's a very famous example, about gay bombs that the military is allegedly using. If you're a new listener, just type in Pentagon tested gay bomb on Iraq. They considered, no, they didn't consider using it. They've used it on our troops in Vietnam. They'd spray PCP on the troops, Jacob's Ladder. 
<laughs> you think PCP, some horse tranquilizer something? <laughs> they got stuff that'll whack your brain permanently. Brain chips in the trips. They give the trips special vaccines that are really nanotech that already re-engineer their brains. Now, there it is, the gay bomb. Look it up for yourself. I mean, this is what they're... What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. And I'm not saying people didn't naturally have homosexual feelings. I'm not even getting into it, quite frankly. I mean, give me a break. You think I am like, oh, shocked by it, so I'm up here bashing it because I don't like gay people? I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Serious crap. I'm sick of being social engineered. It's not funny. Okay, there you have it. <laughs> the famous Alex Joan, they're turning the freaking frogs gay. Now, when we talk about Alex Jones, yeah, he is charismatic. And when he was younger, he was a good looking guy. Uh, but he's charismatic, he's fun, he's entertaining. But the First Amendment doesn't affect. It doesn't protect everything. I mean, you can't just say anything you want to say just because it's entertaining. Or you have to label it as entertaining. He had people really believing him, and he had to know that people were really believing him. And so, but there's still impressive things in this documentary. And I want to go over a few of them because he, he did... He did get some things that aged well, let's just say. The two most immediate things that come to my mind are his prediction of a terror attack before September 11th and how that terror attack will be used as an excuse to take away our civil liberties. And the second big thing would be the day after September 11th when Alex Jones predicted the Iraq War and further said it was nonsense. He talks in, his, in this documentary, in these interviews, about how the Democrats thought he was funny and didn't mind him as long as he was attacking the war and Bush. But then when Obama came into office and Alex Jones interpreted what Obama did as going back on every single campaign promise he made, then the Democrats stopped finding him funny. So I, I think that's an interesting dynamic and one we've seen elsewhere in the media sphere. Certainly the same thing happened to Chris Hedges, only nobody ever found him funny or frankly entertaining, uh, but that's another podcast. Now, something else about the opening scene is it shows all these MAGA people and the anti-MAGA people and how the anti-MAGA people are more aggressive than the MAGA people. Hey, <laughs> I'm just telling you what what it says. And, you know, frankly, I've been in D.C. a long time. 
This does not surprise me. This is the place where that neo-Nazi got punched in the face. You know, and, and I remember Jenk Uger being so shocked. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, he's lucky he wasn't shot. I mean, gee, this is DC. I mean, what are you expecting? You're going to march around here with your, your MAGA hats and you're not going to get any pushback? That is just not happening. So that's what they're showing here in the opening scene of this uh of, of of this Alex Jones's war you know and I I don't think these are any actors I believe it I believe that this happened uh, one woman got a phone slapped out of her hand yep boy oh boy that's the DC I know you know, like it or, or, or not like it. I mean, a lot of people who come here to protest are kind of insulated from D.C. They they go to the park. There's the park service. They have to have certain requirements met. So we, you know, people have porta potties, that sort of a thing, water, medical support in the event that it's needed. Um, so all that kind of a thing. But um, if, if you're going to be in the streets of D.C., you're going to meet D.C. Welcome. One thing that's interesting is one of the employees of InfoWars thinks the whole city is shut down because of the MAGA people. No. No, it's not. And he feels that, you know, we have, that America had violent Black Lives Matter protests, and the peaceful MAGA people are um, unfairly maligned because they can't march anywhere they want to, and they're restricted to certain sections. But again, that happens to everybody. You know, I do emergency communication support for major events in the city, and they have all sorts of restrictions for every single event. So that's not quite accurate. It's, uh, and also, what has happened in the past with uh, protests on the right? Heather Hires got run over. So I don't think it's completely accurate at that point in time to say, oh, they're, we're peaceful, loving conservatives, and it's the violent left although there there was damage there was property damage associated with with black lives matter and those protests you know my husband pointed that out and i i cannot say that's not true i mean it was true this whole protest apparently was about the quote unquote stolen election of november 2020 So Alex Jones was protesting in November of 2020, saying the election was stolen. But in later interviews, as in 2022, he talked about how he was really bamboozled by the Trump White House in 
putting together and gathering people for January 6th. He said he had, he thought there were on stage interviewed with Glenn Greenwald. He thought that there would be enough security there. He had no idea that there would be a storming of the Capitol. He just blamed federal agents for leading a small number of people into the Capitol. But everyone can see it. And on the day of of January 6th, 2021, Alex Jones was doing his best to keep people from going violent or going in the Capitol. He really, I mean, no matter what you think of him, you could see it on his face that it was like, uh uh-oh, this is getting real. No, do not storm the Capitol. Please don't. And, uh, you know, that, that has to be acknowledged. So, it really seems from the beginning, Alex Jones is not lying. I mean, if you look at this documentary from the very start, he felt we are under attack from a global elite that has an agenda to control every aspect of our lives. And so from the beginning, that's what he's been talking about. They show clips of him yelling at uh, council meetings <laughs> to generally befuddled council people who are like, you know, we just want to make a decision about parking spaces. And there's Alex Jones screaming at the top of his lung about the, <laughs> about the global elite. So that's fine, you know, but this is a good documentary. I am, um, I do, I think it's good, but I think it really is kind of one-sided. It's, it's all about his growth, but nothing about the pain that resulted. There's this fun vignette in the movie where Alex Jones takes a bullhorn and insults the KKK who, for some reason, decided to have a rally on the steps of City Hall or something in the middle of Texas, And the KKK tried to burn down a church that Alex Jones was building for the Branch Davidians, but too many of the people who were doing the building had guns, and they chased the KKK away. So that's interesting. So when people are throwing all these labels at Alex Jones, there's no real basis that I've seen for saying he's racist or even anti-Semitic. So that's, that's something that's very interesting because he's associated with right-wing nut jobs. And just scooped in with that is the idea, well, of course they're racist, of course they're anti-Semitic, but you really never see any indication of that from Alex Jones. Now, this is a perfect example of rabble-rousing by Alex Jones and you can see the structure of how he riles people up. Broadcasting worldwide in defiance of tyranny, only on air because of you. I'm Alex Jones, your host, and I'm blessed and honored to be here. This is 1776 stuff, boys and girls. This is total game time right now. This is the Super Bowl for the whole future. And 
If they get Biden in, they're never going to take their foot off our neck. We've got to resist this. A pandemic inauguration, because no one's going to be there for his inauguration. So, oh, it's got to be all BS. We'll be in D.C. We don't care what your mayor says that we're not supposed to be there. Burn in hell. This is all America. We're coming this weekend, and we're coming on the inauguration one way or the other. We don't accept you. You're illegitimate. Right. Oh, you're pathetic. You must accept it. You didn't accept Trump with all your lies. You had not one stinking card in your dirty little globalist hands. But America was blind and thought we were invincible. America thought that we could never be defeated and we were living on our laurels, living on our ancestors. And now we realize how much trouble we're in. That dragon's got its teeth on our leg. Well, that's okay. Let's politically just stop whining about it and just start taking our thumbs and poking the eyes out and punching it right in the nose. And just all of a sudden you might notice you have the political strength to grab it by its ears and just tear its skull right open. But you've got to decide you're going to break its head open lovingly, peacefully, politically. And that means hitting the streets and spreading the word and just letting the globalists know you'll never surrender. They're all the sellouts. They're all the trash. They're all the garbage. You want to cancel Christmas? Never, you little degenerate pedophiles. You'll burn in hell. Okay, it's official. I'm boring. Because I'm listening to all this Alex Jones content. And oh my God, I am so boring. I mean, oh my God. So let's break it down. You know, he we did an outtake of, of this Alex's War where, so he's accusing people of being pedophiles. Like, where are you going to go with this? You have no information on this. And I, I talk about on this podcast, on my blog, about grooming. Okay, if you're worried about pedophiles, then they groom the parents first. And if your kid says something, believe them. Because almost no kids who say something get believed. So if you're worried about pedophiles, that's what you worry about. Okay, you worry about the people who have access to your kids, not some people in some, quote, global elite island somewhere, or they're all in a camp wearing clothes and burning an owl. You know, this is not what you need to worry about if you want to protect your children. So so when they talk about he's responsible for this violence, yes, at the end he talks about peace and love and we're going to do it nonviolently, but all his imagery ripping somebody's head open by their ears, that is part of the message. And when people react so strongly to this incendiary accusations of child abuse and they're going to take your guns away and they're going to do all this. He knows he has to know. So we're getting back to the word plausible. Is it plausible that he really only intended for what he's saying to be nonviolent? Just because at the end, like the codicil to a song or, or to, a, to a musical piece, he says, oh, by the way, we do it with love and nonviolence. Is that enough to really convince you that that's what works? When we're talking about systems that 
cause people to be brainwashed. Because let's face it, that's what I write about. I write about brainwashing. I write about cults. I write about abusive relationships, indoctrination. When you're talking about this, keeping an extremely high level of fear is critical to getting people in the mindset where they're willing to accept extreme actions. And for, what is it, 20 years, 30 years, Alex Jones has been selling fear. Uh, selling fear in vitamins, but he's been telling you, oh, the globalist elite is out to get you. Really? The globalist elite is out to get you. The globalist, globalist elite doesn't give two flips about you. They don't care about you. They don't care about your dog. <laughs> you know, they don't care about any of it. But... And, and, and this is where I'm torn. A part of me says, yeah, he really seems to believe this. And another part of me says, he doesn't believe this. And certainly his argument, oh, I had no idea that there would be violence. or vi He knew there would be violent actors who listened to him and, and go out and harass Sandy Hook parents. He knew, he knew that. Everybody knew that because it was in the news. So that's what I, I, I get back to the word plausible. Is this plausible that he had no idea? And I've got to say, I really, I don't, I just don't find it plausible. I just don't. So I'm going to, we're going to continue to watch this documentary. So the documentary goes into Alex Jones, juvenile delinquent, Alex Jones, reader of classic books. Alex Jones and Waco. Alex Jones and the World Trade Center attacks. So, you know, there's a lot to look at there. And I really do appreciate that this filmmaker didn't put any commentary in there. I've said it before, but it would be so easy to to add commentary instead she lets the clips speak for themselves and we do have to give him props i mean he talks about before september 11th 2001 using terror as a pretext to take away our civil rights and the day after September 11th, September 12th, 2001, he talks about how this whole September 11th thing is going to be used as a pretext to get us into war with Iraq. So he was right. If he was completely wrong all the time, I guess there would be uh, no Alex Jones Infowars. But, you know, I got to hand it to him. He was right. Okay, so they have a brief clip of Alex Jones on The View. And, <laughs> I, and, and they just show the last tail end of that conversation where he's like yelling at them and they're yelling at him. But I think we all could have benefited from more of the clip. The purpose of Alex Jones being on The View was to say, you know what, Charlie Sheen, He's got some health issues. Give the guy a break. Everybody's treating him like public enemy number one. Yes, he has substance abuse issues. Yes, he slipped. 
I went to California, said Alex Jones, to help him out. I think that's great. You know, personally, me, Christine, I think that's great. And he said, but you've got all these people doing really bad things, and Charlie Sheen is being held up as public enemy number one. Now, I think that, and then and then he starts throwing out the crimes of different uh, political leaders. I'm not even getting into that. I mean, who cares? It's, it's, it's not germane to the point. The point is Alex Jones was there to defend his friend, saying you're demonizing him when there's real problems out there and all the women on The View were blah, 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 blah. Well, I think that it's a very telling thing that Alex Jones is sticking up for his friend and he's he's pointing out, which is very obvious, that there are much worse things going on than whatever Charlie Sheen is doing. I remember he had, what, two women living with him that he called the goddesses or something? I don't know. And then, of course, as soon as he got better, tossed them out, they all knifed him in the back saying horrible things about him. You know, just the little class. I mean, you were there. Uh, What are you complaining about him now for, you know? So, anyway, so I think that the we could have all benefited in terms of getting a look at Alex Jones to see more of this episode. That's all I'm saying. You know, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm not even a podcaster. After watching Alex Jones, I don't even think I'm interesting anymore. But um, nevertheless, I'm slogging through this for some reason. I, I don't even know. But when you take a look at the documentary and the one-on-one interview with Alex Jones, he seems really down and defeated about how the globalists are taking over and they're going to win and they're going to take away all our freedoms and all our rights. But then you look at the trial and the trial, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say. You see how lackadaisical the processes were on InfoWars. They honestly, under oath, went on the stand and said, we didn't vet anything or even look at it before we put it on the air. So you either believe that or you don't. It's either plausible or it's not. And I just have a hard time believing that's plausible. You have no idea. It could be any, any manner of content on, on a video clip that you haven't seen. And you're going to risk an FCC fine or prison because you decided you were just going to blindly put it on the air. That's what I find implausible. So that's the difference between the trial and the documentary. It's the plausibility of Alex Jones. I don't find his claims in court to be plausible. Okay, a couple things I've learned from my Alex uh, Jones experience here. This deep dive into Alex Jones that's been hours and hours and hours. The first thing I learned is, oh my God, I'm boring. (laughs) 
I am so boring because Alex Jones is like really um, good at, at, at communicating. What a classic P.T. Barnum carnival barker. The, the second thing I learned is plausibility. I didn't learn about plausibility. I learned about how the entire Alex Jones question hinges on plausibility. Do you believe his defense? Now, if you take a look at the, the movie, Alex's War, it's, it's a good, it's good. But I do think it's a bit lopsided in terms of covering the effects of Alex Jones. When you watch the trial and you watch the pain of the parents, these people have had to move like six times because they've been harassed by InfoWars watchers and fans. And that really is not addressed at all in this documentary. And I think that's a shame. And it's something that's missing. I think we could also take a look at Alex Jones's communication style. As noted before, he calls people all sorts of names. He can, tries to convince and he advocates the view that the globalists are going to kill you or trying to kill you, or they want you to be completely controlled and, and mindless. And I, I'm, I'm not going to get into the truth of the matter asserted, as they say. I'm just going to say he, he uses all this angry, violent imagery in how he speaks, and then just adds a footnote saying, oh, by the way, pray to God and be peaceful. That's what he does. And I think the question is, can you really say that's adequate to say that you're not inciting violence? And I, again, I can't find, I do not find that plausible. I just don't. This is Christine from thetel.substack.com. And it was a loose review of Alex Jones's War, or Alex's War, which is a new documentary that came out about Alex Jones. So I encourage everybody to buy it and watch it. I think it's very informative.